What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. I'm persistent. Welcome back to the YI Network, where we interview every job occupation, A through Z, from the trash man to the CEO, and ask them why they started their profession so that you can find your dream job, too. I'm your host, Kojo Thompson, and today we have a very special guest with us. It is Kelly Lampkin. Now, Kelly got her first job out of college in software and technology sales with NetSuite and has been at it for the past eight years. She chose her current employer based on her opportunity to be an entrepreneur and run her own business inside a publicly traded company with leadership and support. Kelly has been promoted and grown the business holding leadership roles and an opportunity to travel the world to over 25 countries supported by her company. She has a lot to share with us here today and Kelly, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. Let's go. Now, Kelly, how are you feeling today? I am feeling great. It's a great day today. I'm in San Francisco. It's sunny. It just stopped raining. Um, We're going to have and it's the long weekend coming up. It's gonna be a great day. Beautiful, beautiful. Yep, it is MLK weekend and we are celebrating it right. So Kelly, I'm really excited to have you on the show today and I'm too excited to get to rolling into these questions. So let's go ahead and do that. Now, Kelly, can you really um, just really define, you know, really what you do before I even ask you why you started it? Yeah, it's hard to define. I have a lot of different roles and I've had a couple over over the years. But um, I guess my my main job is I'm in sales. I'm called an account executive. uh, And that doesn't really make a lot of sense to a lot of people. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, basically, my job is I sell software uh, Mm -hmm. to software companies, typically like enterprise companies. So um, like big companies that are looking to upgrade their systems, uh, typically, I'm working in an accounting product, so it's accounting mm-hmm. and financial software for technology companies. That's and I sell that software. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, now we're gonna go over head and roll into why you started doing what you're doing today. Yeah, so I'm. I always knew that I wanted to be in sales, uh, and so when I went to, you know, I went to Florida State University for my undergrad, and I chose FSU because there was an entrepreneurship program and a sales program. So I actually have a degree in entrepreneurship, which is kind of like a weird thing to get (laughs) an education in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also have a degree in sales. And so those were classes that I didn't have to take any tests, right? Like you don't have to take an accounting exam. Uh, Mm -hmm. You just build companies and you sell stuff. And if you make money and your company exists, then you get an A. If you Mm -hmm. don't, you write an essay about what you learned and maybe you still get an A, but probably not. So I always knew that I wanted to be in sales and I wanted or I wanted to be an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur, you kind of are the first salesperson at your company. Mm-hmm. When I found NetSuite, actually, I was competing in a collegiate competition. It's called the National Collegiate Sales Competition. I don't know if your university has it, um, but it's like a regional competition where you travel around the world and you do these little role plays. And so in these sales role plays, I was NetSuite was our product that was sponsored I did like a 20 minute role play where I'd understand what people wanted. I'd demo the product, I'd negotiate the pricing and I close the deal in 20 minutes. And then I'd win, you know, money for a prize for a college competition. Mm-hmm. Real life, sometimes it takes me four years to close the deal. So it takes wow. yeah. longer, um, with the real product. But that's how I got introduced to NetSuite. 
so I have been selling Netsuite for eight years, but I well probably for nine years, but I've only been getting paid for eight years because <laughs> I was okay. doing it for a year in the competition cycles. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. And then you you just like jumped right into it uh, after you got your degree in college. Yeah, so I we had like the sales program and FSU also has like a big football team, right? So mm-hmm. I'm never going to be an athlete. That's not really like my forte. Uh-huh. But I saw the kids in the sales program get treated like you would get treated if you were an athlete on campus. Like they always got cool stuff they could go to. And um, we had like our own iPad lounge, which was like kind of exciting. And mm-hmm. because the sales program was so well funded from sponsors, my program got like a lot of attention. And so I wore a suit, you know, every day when I was in undergrad and mm-hmm. I had my own office as an undergrad student. Wow. So I was like taking it really seriously from the beginning. And that opportunity was really exciting. So I got um, a lot of job offers when I graduated from college. I traveled mm-hmm. around the country, actually. I did like 50,000 frequent flyer miles. Uh, I traveled all over the United States. I interviewed with probably 50 companies and I got um, 10 solid offers as mm-hmm. an undergrad. Um, and one of those was NetSuite. And NetSuite was actually um, <laughs> the least amount of money that I was offered coming out mm-hmm. of undergrad. But I really thought about like, do I want to have a job where I'm demonstrating skills at 21 years old? Or do I want a job where I'm going to be learning skills? And the we have a business development program at NetSuite. And I was a part of the first class to join it. Uh, and basically, like, they teach you how to sell. And even though I had a degree in sales, and maybe I could have gotten a job as a, my current job today as an account executive um, eight years ago, I knew that I wanted to invest in myself at that time. And, mm. you know, take the the pay cut or whatever, but really invest in learning skills. And I made the right choice because I learned so much and I got so much mentorship and um, good product knowledge and um, consulting, you know, attention from my team. And so it's really laid a much better foundation for me as I grew. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm very glad that you highlighted that point right there of investing in yourself. And sometimes when you invest in yourself, you got to make a sacrifice. You always have to make a sacrifice actually to make progress. So, um, yes, that was a very good point. And uh, again, uh, it's one of those things where you're just you're not even competing with anybody else in, in their salary, but you're competing with the person you were yesterday. So uh, mm-hmm. you you definitely you definitely highlighted a good point right there. But now I, I must ask, you know, what were some childhood hobbies and habits that you think matriculated into, you know, who you are today? While I was in, in college. Uh, I, I'm, no, no, I'm saying uh, more of, you know, uh, as an account executive, the account executive you are today. Oh, OK. In my career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think. There's there's a lot of opportunity. I work at a big company. Um, it wasn't as big when I started. We were like 1,600 people when I started. We're like 10,000 people now. So it was okay. still pretty big when I started. Mm-hmm. But I think that the best way for anyone to grow in their career is to find mentors. And it doesn't have to be like a formal, will you be my mentor? <laughs> and we're going to meet up every week and talk about a list of agenda items. Like that doesn't have to be the way that you design mentorship in your career. But I think it's important to find people that are on Team Kelly or Team Kojo. Like you got to find your team and they don't have to even work at your company. They can be your parents. They can be your friends' parents. They can be other people that have this job at another company or have the job in your own company. So I think I did a really good job my whole life of finding people that had done things that I wanted to do and getting them to be my friend and be my mentor and asking them 
advice and really taking it seriously, because then not only do you get priceless advice from these people that you've identified as, as mentors to you, but you also, they start to invest in you. Like if they give you advice and then you take it, like they're now a part of that success story. And I think the biggest thing that I learned is that we have very few resources that we have access to and we always have, you know, limited time, limited money, limited resources. The only thing that you really have an unlimited resource of is praise and and credit. So you, you my success can be credited to everybody that ever, you know, gave me any guidance. And I kind of have unlimited supply of credit and praise that I can share with people that have influenced me. And that is the, the best currency for um, building relationships, I think, is giving people really genuine appreciation. Interesting. Interesting you pointed that out. I really like that piece of advice. And I feel like, um, you know, one of the points of the podcast is is that um, having a having somebody who's, you know, been through that and giving that, you know, just like you're doing right now, just giving that piece of advice, that priceless piece of advice um, for the people who are trying to get to where they're going, they're trying to go. So uh, thank you for that one. Let me let me ask you this. What is an average day like for you? <laughs> um, I was talking to my partner about this this morning and he was like, there's no average day for you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I am lucky at, with this part of my career now that I am local to my territory. So I, I live in San Francisco. The majority of my clients are in San Francisco. Probably four times a week, I'm on site with one of my clients and I can just walk to their office, which is super mm-hmm. nice. Um, that wasn't always the case in my career. Uh, I was a manager at one point, And when I was a manager, I had to travel a lot. I ran you know, kind of half of North America. And so I would get a call on a Monday night and it'd be like, cool, I need you in New York tomorrow. I need you in Chicago by the end of the week. We have this deal we need help on. And so it was a lot of like flying around and mm-hmm. uh, supporting different offices. And then I had a role where I did, uh, traveling was my job and I traveled to a lot of our different sales offices and met with a lot of our customers traveling the world. And this role that I did where I explored 25 different countries as a part of my um, experience in building a program for our social selling uh, at NetSuite. And so I've had a lot of jobs where I got to travel and I came back to San Francisco about three years ago for, for this job because all within my same company, um, because I wanted to travel less and I wanted to really be a regular again somewhere. Like I had mm-hmm. had so many years of not knowing the, you know, the coffee shop people down the street and not feeling like I even lived in the city that I was um, paying a lot of rent to live in. Mm-hmm. And so now I do feel like I get to be physically in my city, I get to, it gives me opportunities to be on the boards of different groups, um, really start to build a lot more networking. And I, I feel like after a couple of years of being here, uh, I'm building the right ecosystem for, for my growth and it's led to opportunities in angel investing. So I'm also an investor. Uh, it's mm-hmm. given me a lot of opportunities outside of just my core job. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. And it's, it, I feel like it's important to, you know, eventually settle down and be a part of your community. So I like that one. I like that one. Mm-hmm. What do you enjoy the most about being an account executive? I, I love entrepreneurship and I always thought I almost didn't even go to college. I was like, I'm just going to, I worked at a pottery studio when I was 14. Uh, and then I, I ran the summer camp for the pottery studio and then I managed the studio, and when I was going to college, I was like, I don't think I need this. I'm just going to run this pottery studio, and I'm going to be a business owner, and I'm going to be an entrepreneur, and I'm going to do that, and that's what I want to do. I don't need to go to school. 
Um, mm. <laughs> I've always thought, I, and then when I got to the Sosa program, I was like, great, I'm just going to learn how to start my own company. And then as soon as I graduate, I'm just going to start my own business and I'll be an entrepreneur and that'll be what I do. I never really thought that I would work for a big company and I never really thought I'd work for one for almost 10 years. Mm. Um, that is not really what I thought I would be doing. And I think the reason why I'm still doing it is because of all the opportunities that I've had for, I think you described at the beginning, entrepreneurship. So mm -hmm. even though I work for this big company and I'm not the CEO of my company, right, I get to be the CEO of my own little business. And my own little business is, you know, my territory and selling into my accounts and getting to know my customers. And I get to have influence on, you know, suggestions that I make into our product. And I get to give my customers consulting advice and guidance and other products they can use that would complement our suite. And so I think really, and I get referral business, right? Like all the things that you have as a, and I do my own marketing and events. So all mm. the things you do as a CEO of a small company, I get to kind of do within this bigger company by running my own little patch. And that has been like a really special opportunity for me to marry that experience of entrepreneurship and sales inside of a company that really supports me in that. Very interesting, very interesting. And entrepreneur is a very, very, uh, you know, it's 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 a new I feel like it's a new term like uh it probably in this past 15 years uh entrepreneurship has been uh, a thing mm -hmm. and you know uh some people may be confused on it but it's just it's literally exactly as you described you know um just having a role inside of a bigger company but you are running your own you know um you're you're pretty much running your own business inside of a business and a lot of great inventions um you know in the world have actually come from an entrepreneur or somebody who was uh, inside of the company and ran a team um, themselves. But, you know, the company as a whole got a credit for it. Um, and we're not even going to go down that list right now because <laughs> there is a very long list. Um, but I got to ask this. What do you enjoy the least? Well, I mean, with the freedom of setting your own schedule and with the liberty of running your own business, like there's also risk, right? If um, I, I have a quota and I am paid on commission. So like, if I don't have anyone that wants to buy any stuff for this month, <laughs> then we've got a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Um, then I can't really go on a vacation or we can't, you know, buy the fancy honey at the grocery store or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so there is, you know, some risk and there's some rejection, obviously, in in selling and you know you put yourself out there and you say you can lose right like i've lost deals of course it's not like i win every deal that i sell and so you know you have competition and you have uh cyclical cycles and you have the economy can affect you know people's buying decisions like there's forces outside your control and it's hard to um navigate all of that but also i mean it's kind of fun because if it was if it was easy it wouldn't be that fun so exactly. I, I really like the the challenges. And I also, if it was easy, then I wouldn't be learning. And I wouldn't be doing this for eight years if I wasn't learning something new every day uh, and right. encountering a new challenge. So, you know, if it gets too easy, then it stops being fun, I think. Very nice. Very nice. And I think it's all about the growth there. It's, you know, um, growing is the, is the biggest thing. Even if you even if it's hard, then at least, you know, you're growing a little bit. Um, now, Kelly, I'm I'm about to ask you my favorite question, mm. and this is my absolute favorite question. I really want to hear your answer on this one. So do you think that grades mattered in school for the success in your career today? This is really I was thinking a lot about this one because um, I have kind of a funny story. So I got really good grades in school. Um, 
actually to be in sales, uh, my, <laughs> my professor asked me to take my GPA off of my resume. So typically you take your GPA off of your resume if your grades are low and mm -hmm. you don't want people to like, you want to assume that you're kind of average by taking it off. My mm -hmm. grades were, were very, very high. And so my professor told me that it would be a good idea to take it off of my resume because people think that if you're too like brainy, then you're going to be weird and you're not going to be able to relate to people and to have a, a role in sales. Um, you typically want someone who's really outgoing and social and uh, typically someone who's like been in a lot of clubs or sports or something. Mm -hmm. And if you have really good grades, people assume that you've spent too much time in books mm -hmm. and uh, you're not going to be socially uh, ready for the, the, the pressures of a, a sales job. Mm -hmm. So actually, <laughs> I think that it was important to study and it's important to learn and it's important to be able to learn. Because what I sell is a complex product. It's not an easy, it's a financial software tool. So you got no finance, you got no software, you have to know how the product works, you have to know, you know, the regulatory environment of companies that are looking to scale internationally, or IPO, there's like a lot of complexity in the product. And I wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to sell it well if I didn't understand it. And you have to, you know, study. Um, but grades are not everything. And I think it's much more about the the people that you know um, than the grades. But of course, like I think it's interesting to think about the discipline that it takes to do whatever's on your resume. So if grades are not going to be the thing that shows discipline on your resume, have something else be. So have your commitment to a sports team or your commitment to a club, or you know have something that you're passionate about and that you can show the things people are looking for, which is passion and discipline and commitment and follow up and follow through. And if grades are not the way that you can present those things, find something else that you can use to present that story for yourself. Nice, nice answer. I really like that one. And I, I and we're, we're going to move on to uh, this next question here. And it is, what do you feel your impact is? But a lot of people get stumped on that on that word right mm -hmm. there either impact passion purpose uh whatever it may be but really i just want to know what you're devoted to what are, what's your devotion what are you devoted to doing every day what keeps you pushing yeah i i love entrepreneurship and i think of myself as an entrepreneur we discussed you know within my company but i also have the opportunity to work with entrepreneurs like my customers are some of the most interesting technology companies on the planet. And I'm a huge fan of the tech that they build. Like I'm a user of the majority of the, you know, apps and tech companies that I sell to. And I also get the opportunity to learn about so many different kinds of businesses from a perspective of not working at those companies. So I worked at one company for eight years, but I've learned about 600 different business models because mm. I've sold to all these different companies. And when I get into that company, it's really a mix of sales and consulting and guidance and uh, technical knowledge. And so I think I'm building the skills that you would get in an MBA, really. Like I'm building the network that you would get from going through an MBA program. I'm building the knowledge of how to run a business myself and like the sales and marketing aspect. But also I'm learning from my customers and how they build their business from a product standpoint, from a finance perspective, from a fundraising perspective from a partnership perspective, like I learned so much about how they're building their companies. And my goal, my real passion is to take all these learnings that I've got gathered and then be able to provide them to others. And the way that I do that so far is I'm an investor in several um, technology companies in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to help 
share, you know, my learnings of how to build from a sales perspective, but also sometimes from other sides of the business and management, how they can perhaps grow their business. And I get to help a little bit with that. And then I, I teach at, um, with junior achievement. So junior achievement is a, a group. I don't know if you were a part of it, but I was a part of it when I was in high school and then mm-hmm. I volunteered in college too, to teach. So I teach in, for junior achievement in San Francisco as well with a high school and an elementary school. And that's really fun because they get to build their own little company in the elementary school. They have a little school store and I help them think through how they want to design that. So that's really my passion is, I mean, entrepreneurship and it comes in a lot of different flavors. Very nice. Very nice. And I, and uh, I'm, I'm about to start saying, you know, after, after I ask that question and everybody who answers uh, that question, I'm, I'm going to start saying, you know, it's not what you get. It's what you give. Your devotion, your impact is not what you get. It's what you give. So I really like that answer. I really, really, really did. And we are winding down, Kelly, to that last question. Um, again, it was real smooth. I really loved today's interview. But if there was one piece of advice that you could give to somebody out there listening who wants to be in the position that you're in today, what would it be? So I have lots of different pieces of advice. I'm trying to figure out how to narrow it. I think that the maybe can, I'll, I'll, I'd like two, two really quick ones. So go ahead. Go one, ahead. One is um, wake up, show up, follow up. Like you got to wake up, you got to show up, you got to follow up. It's really easy when you break it down. But if you do those three things, you're going to have success. The mo- the majority of the people's issues is like not waking up, showing up and following up. You got to do that if you're going to be successful in anything that you want. And then my second piece of advice is if you're afraid of doing something, if there's something that you're worried about taking a risk on, I want you to think about the worst case scenario. And the worst case scenario is that they say no. You ask for something, you ask for that promotion, you ask for that job, you ask for that opportunity. The worst case scenario is that they're gonna say no. What's happening if you don't ask for it at all? You're already living your worst case scenario, right? So exactly. by not by not asking for it, you're already living your worst case scenario. So you really have no risk in going for asking what you want because what's probably going to happen is you're going to understand what is the path to get it. Maybe the answer isn't yes, but the answer is a path. And now you have a roadmap that you can get it. So that's my advice is wake up, show up, follow up, and don't be afraid to ask for what you want because you're already living your worst case scenario by not asking. Very nice. Very nice. Yep. And and again, you know, the, let me throw two in there as well for that um, for that second piece of advice. One, I, I don't know who who said this, but you miss 100 percent of the shots yep. that you don't take. And then two, the second one is that you should be fearing the, the I feel like people fear rejection mm-hmm. um, more than anything. But really what you should be fearing is regret. You mm-hmm. should be fearing regret over rejection. Um, and you do not want to be 80 years old and be like, oh, dang, I wish I would have asked. Maybe he would have said yes. Maybe he would have said no. But either way, I, I'm, it's still a no because I never asked. Um, and you just will never know. So fear regret, not rejection. Um, and Kelly, what an excellent, excellent, excellent interview. I know, I know for a fact that people are taken away um, from this episode today. And I know for a fact that you are helping impact at least one more person uh, today. If not me, then somebody out there listening today. So Kelly, I must thank you one more time. Now, Kelly, if there is any type of way that my audience could reach you, or maybe a social media uh, website, a book, anything, can you like shout anything out that you want to promote? 
Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So uh, anyone wants to add me on LinkedIn, uh, it's just Kelly Kelly Lampkin on LinkedIn. And then I did actually write a book specifically for college students that are going through their job search. And that was my experience when I did those, you know, 50 interviews and flight all over the country. The book is broken up into three parts. The first part is, you know, figuring out how to get the interview. The second part is the interview cycle and the different kinds that there are group interviews, phone interviews, Skype interviews, panel interviews, workshop interviews. I went through it all. And then the third part is how you make your decision how you decide on what you want to do and what I call the martini conversation, which is when you get all your offers together and you figure out how you're going to weigh them against each other. Because if you're doing all the steps right, you should have multiple offers by the end. So that book is called Thinking Like a Recruiter, uh, and I'm happy to give you the link to that as well. Beautiful. If you could please, you know, shout it out. I'm going to leave it in the link in the description below. But just in case for those people who want to, you know, uh, just type it in real quick. Can you can you shout out the link real quick? Yeah, Thinking Like a Recruiter by Kelly Lampkin, and it's available on the iTunes store. Beautiful, beautiful. And Kelly, once again, once again, once again, an excellent, excellent interview. I couldn't have asked for a better interview from an entrepreneur, so I really appreciate it. And folks, there are three types of work, a job, a career, and a calling. Most people have a job. You're lucky if you find your career, but you are truly blessed if you find your calling. And I hope that me and Kelly helped you find it here today. And that is a wrap. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to leave a review so that someone else can discover it too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at YI Network for episode updates, weekly takeaways, quotes of the week, and much, much more. And if you or somebody else you know is passionate about their job and would like to share their story, email us at whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Again, whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Talk to you soon, folks. And I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. I'm persistent. I'm willing to go the distance. I feel like I'm up on the mount like I'm pitching. I'm fighting the move.